This is Barely Legal. Hey there, I'm Eva Epen. And I'm Fari Sedana. On today's episode of Barely Legal, we're going to be discussing Dobbs v. Jackson <laughs> Women's Health Organization. So that's the mammoth. That's the legend. That's the one and only. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, whoa. It's a lot. Yeah. And I honestly didn't think genuinely that we would do this case. I was like really? very vehemently <laughs> against doing this case. I was like, no, Eva, no, we will not do this. Yeah. Because it's, of course, Dobbs v. Jackson, in case any of you guys have not heard of it, is the case which overturned Roe v. Wade and also and Planned Parenthood case. Which gave women the right to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. So those are about 50 years of precedent. <laughs> and it's it's a lot to unpack. This is going to be a pretty long episode. But we wanted to say that, you know, this case and the public's general understanding of it is a little bit fragmented, to say the least. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I think people, what I realized after seeing the response to the decision and also like the leaked opinion which we'll get into in in a second Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, there's a lot to get into with this case but um what i realized is that i think people lack like a basic understanding of the supreme court and how it functions and you know that's really like where i was like eva let's do something let's start a podcast let's explain it to the yeah. best of our ability yeah obviously yeah. we're not legal experts maybe someday yeah <laughs> want to go to law school we will be someday yeah but not today yeah <laughs> okay. well so one thing that i saw when i was looking at just political discourse about this after the leak and mm-hmm. then after the, the decision was released in june was that a lot of people thought that this this decision meant that abortion was illegal everywhere that is not how the Supreme Court works. I would like to emphasize yes. that is not how the Supreme Court works. Abortions are not illegal everywhere because of this decision. What this decision does is it takes a, it takes Roe from being this federal precedent that legalizes abortion nationwide um, to with some limitations, which, which we'll get into. Yeah, yeah. Um, to this it defers power back to the states meaning Mm -hmm. each state has the autonomy and the agency to to figure out what they want to do so we've seen states like texas georgia oklahoma um red states just because that's how this works um limit access to abortion and then we've also seen um blue states say new york um you know take steps to um, expand access yes to abortion. and protect access to abortion yes and i think states that are on the line we're still waiting to see for example north carolina oh. is a state where it's still up in the air in the sense that there is of course a democratic governor governor mm-hmm. but um the legislators and are the and the, the electorate you know the gen population um, so we're going to see how that plays out. We live in North Carolina, just so you know. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Um, um, so big case, lots of background. Um, for some reference, it was argued December 1st, 2021. Mm-hmm. And then it was decided June 24th, that sounds right, of this year, 2022. Yes. So 
I mean, we also had that leak come out, the majority draft in opinion May. in May. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the decision was 6-3, and I think most of us know, so, so I'm just going to uh, quickly pass by those things. So 6-3 split, it was along ideological lines. Yes. It ended up overturning Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. But mm-hmm. for some background... And yeah, and just like along with that, with what Eva said about the 6-3 split... Um, more specifically, it was a 6-3 split to uphold the Mississippi law, which oh, yeah. we'll get into, and then like 5-4 to overturn Roe. So mm-hmm. with that 5-4, Chief Justice Roberts sided with the, the quote-unquote liberal justices. Yes, and, and wrote a concurring opinion where he said, I'll uphold the Mississippi law, which the Mississippi law was is the Gestational Age Act, which limited access to women's abortions in Mississippi after 15 weeks after the gestational period. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the reason why this was a problem was because in Planned Parenthood v. Casey, they established two two things, which was the fetal viability line, which is 23 to 24 weeks. Mm -hmm. And they said you can put um, any restrictions on abortions can happen after that line. Yeah, Yeah. 23 to 24. And obviously 15 is less than 23 slash 24. Yes. (laughs) Um, So Jackson's Women's Health Organization, they are the only, they were the, uh, yeah, were the only licensed abortion healthcare provider in the state of Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And after that gestational, gestational age act law was passed, they they sued Dobbs, who is just you know it's just the name that gets put on the lawsuit. He was the he is the chief public health official in Mississippi. He's a chief f- physician there. So yeah, um, yeah, and obviously that made its way up to SCOTUS, and they decided six three to uphold that Mississippi law of um, prohibiting abortions after fifteen weeks gestational age, um, and as Pari mentioned. Justice John Roberts um, concurred and he said, yeah, I will uphold Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban, but I will also say that we should think before we just overturn 50 plus years of precedent because, and I think he used the term judicial activism to describe that action. And he said that might be overstepping our bounds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, with specifically with Roe and Casey, so Roe v. Wade as Eva mentioned, 50 years of precedent. So it was decided in 1973. It was a case that was seven to two. Mm -hmm. And it basically said that abortions were legal up until the first trimester. So they set up this idea of trimester system. And after the first trimester, you could restrict, states could restrict abortions Mm -hmm. to the second and third trimesters. So that's why we see, I'm sorry, I didn't try. That's why we see, or we saw before, before Dobbs that, certain states would have um, certain limitations on when you could access an abortion yeah. legally. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we w- there was always a little wiggle room as far as that, but then Dobbs totally just defers power back. So if a state yeah. wanted to make abortion entirely illegal, they could so do that. They could definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there was already this idea of states having some involvement even with Roe, in the sense that after these limitations, you, you can could do what you have want. some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you could have some limitations on access to abortion. And then with Casey, what they said is they set up, like we mentioned, the fetal viability line, but also the undue burden test. So if a, if a restriction 
imposed an undue burden on someone's ability to get an abortion, they said that was also unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Um, So like we said before, this case is like super contentious, super polarizing. Mm -hmm. Everybody has an opinion, has an opinion. So I'm going to talk about the decision a little bit. So Sam Alito, Justice Sam Alito wrote the majority opinion. Mm -hmm. And something that he said in the opinion is, abortion is never mentioned in the constitution and this idea that abortion is the right to abortion is protected by um the fourth amendment which is you have you know safety from searches unnecessary undue searches and seizures mm-hmm. and um just liberty in general from the 14th amendment yes. um equal protection clause this whole idea it rests on this notion of people having a right to privacy and he said privacy is never mentioned in the constitution either Mm -hmm. so um roe roe v wade was from the beginning egregiously wrong is what he is what he said in his um opinion right Mm -hmm. and i think the reason for that is they believed that like like you said that reasoning was egregiously wrong in the sense that they think that uh the justices who cited to overturn believed that there wasn't enough support within that right to privacy mm-hmm. and the 14th Amendment and the Due Process Clause to give women the right to an abortion because, well, the right to privacy in the first place is not explicitly stated in the Constitution. Yeah. But it is implied. implicitly, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely yeah implied. implied by, you know, the Fourth Amendment. Yes. And, um, so I think, obviously, um, the justices may have had whatever their own political persuasions, but ultimately their argument is that there is not enough constitutional basis to this to uphold this and continue this precedent. Which and is a big deal. A big deal, a big deal. Because, you know, you don't just overturn 50 years of half a century yeah. of precedent without a second thought. It's not done lightly. It's also this notion, it's this concept, it's a legal term called Starry decisive. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, which is just settled law, precedent, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, so Alito says, look, privacy isn't a thing in the Constitution, but it is implied in these other precedents, like a Birchfell beat Hodges, which legalized gay marriage across the nation, Lawrence v. Texas, um, Griswold v. Connecticut, which was access to contraception. Um, so, that's, so um, he just said, look, yeah, we're going to overturn Roe, but that doesn't mean you can use the same logic logic to overturn these other precedents because those precedents have nothing to do with life. That is the differentiator here, is that Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey and Dobbs have to do with life. And I think that's what gives um, the state an interest in mm-hmm. the sense. They believe um, that the state has a stake in the issue because mm-hmm. there is life yeah. potential life involved mm-hmm. yeah or what they perceive and, to be yeah, life and mm-hmm. i i think it's really interesting um as you mentioned justice alito said the difference was life but mm-hmm. justice thomas seemed <laughs> to agree in his concurring. disagree oh yeah sorry disagree <laughs> his concurring opinion which agreed on the fact that like roe should be overturned and et cetera, the mississippi et law should be upheld but in Justice Thomas's opinion, he believed that the right to privacy, because they are overturning Roe, it could also mean that they could overturn. I think he used the word reevaluate. Yeah, reevaluate. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yes. They should reevaluate potentially Obergefell Hodges, which, as you mentioned, same sex mm-hmm. marriage, and Griswold v. Connecticut, Connecticut which, as mm-hmm. you also mentioned, contraceptives, which mm-hmm. I know has 
sparked a lot of fear in people mm-hmm. is especially people who live you know in a certain geographical area they they think that i mean i think it's it's just that um they don't have access to abortion but i think people worry that if they were to lose access to contraception that that problem would just be you know aggravated and just and i think also like the idea that and i know that we are meant to be an unbiased podcast but i think the idea that the supreme court might overturn a case that gave you know access or gave the right to same-sex marriage that's so scary that is very scary and i think you know same-sex marriage is a right that is guaranteed by the constitution and is a basic human right it is a basic human right to get married to someone you love you know and um and that's scary (laughs) yeah and I, i think you know the fear there it makes sense but at the same time i think it's that's not gonna happen it's, it's highly unlikely yeah yeah, uh, yeah i'm not gonna say it's not gonna happen because i didn't think roe v wade was gonna get overturned but i, I don't think anyone did yeah but a bridge fall v hodges um i think it's highly unlikely it's gonna happen especially mm-hmm. just lack of constitutional basis just because you know with with that one uh, not gonna go into that one in super detail yet we'll do an episode on it probably but with that one it's just the constitutional reasoning is so so solid and that's not true for roe unfortunately and i think i think we can agree on that right yeah roe v wade in 1973 was built on very shaky shaky ground um from a constitutional basis which which is part of what made it um not easy to dismantle but it's part of why it was dismantled i think um to the point where the person jane roe who was the woman who um, wanted to get an abortion in Roe v. Wade. She changed her mind. She like um, she was on the right, and then she was on the left, and then she was on the right. And um, you know, there's just a lot of discourse and contention and polarity when it comes to that case. Yeah, and I think like going back to that idea of the right and the left, I think that's also partly what the Supreme Court had in mind is this idea, and you know, all the justices sort of brought up this concern of, well what if we, you know, this is a quote-unquote political decision Mm -hmm. um, because it is so polarizing, you know, and that's why they also, that's part of why they also wanted to defer it back to the states so that the people's representatives could make that decision for them, right? Yeah, and and when we talk about who this decision might impact the most, I think we are talking about underprivileged people um, for the most part. Mm-hmm. yeah um and again um this just means that each state has the autonomy and the agency to decide what they want to do um but obviously it's we know just by how politicized this issue is um where that's going to be um restricted where it's going to be sp- expanded which is why it's an election year this year and yeah. we just wanted to encourage anybody to anybody able to do so to vote if you can Definitely. And I think, you know, as Eva mentioned, like, yes, there are some states that definitely they already had trigger laws after Mm -hmm. the draft opinion came out. And by that, I mean laws that were created to kick in. Yes. As soon as the Supreme Court overturned Dobbs. There were places. overturned Roe and released the decision of Dobbs. You're good. You're totally good. (laughs) There were, I was actually listening to a podcast and they were talking about how that morning, June 24th, when when Dobbs was released, 
a physician walked into the their like healthcare center yeah. and they were like they had to cancel all their appointments for the day. I forget where that was. Yeah. Yeah. And um I think there are also some states though on the other hand that it could go both ways and we're not really for sure. sure if, you know, they will continue to provide access to abortions, or they might, but they might place some restrictions. So Mm -hmm. depending on, you know, regardless of where you are, what you believe, especially because this is such a polarizing issue, we encourage that you do your research about who in your area is running for election, up for election, you know, who are the people that are representing you? And on this issue specifically, do they represent what you believe in? Mm -hmm. For sure. And you can reach out to your current legislators, call them, email them, um, write them. Very important. And vote, for sure. Yes. <laughs> and that's part of why we made the podcast is mm-hmm. we wanted to reach out to people who may not be super informed about this because the Supreme Court is, I think, especially some of these cases are pretty niche. So we just wanted to you know, provide any unbiased information you might want and then also just encourage you to vote because that is so crucial. Be an active member of our democracy. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, going off of that next week, our episode will be about more in depth about the Supreme Court and sort of how it functions so that our listeners can get a better idea of how these decisions are made and, you know, how they come about and what those decisions mean and what the, you know, how big the reach of the Supreme Court is, I guess. For sure. Um, and we're very excited to do that. Yes. And is that all we have for today? I believe so. I guess so. And um, I think I we could also talk about this idea of like a a split court. I don't know if we mentioned that yeah. yet. Um, but we have mentioned it in every episode we've done so far. <laughs> Which is like also, I think I said this the last episode. We are not taking cases that are split. No, we're not. Like genuinely, we we see a case, you know, we read about it on the news and we're like, hmm, this this seems interesting. This seems relevant. Let's do it. But it is, has been that way, you know, 6-3 with this one. It's not scary. It's not really 5-4 and 6-3. But, I mean, I mean, uh, so I, I think Pari mentioned this earlier, Just Chief Justice John Roberts, I think we both mentioned it. He obviously yeah. concurred, he upheld the Mississippi law, but then he also said, look, we're not going to, I don't know if we should just overturn. overturn Roe. So, and I think that's something he is struggling with, just not just with this case, but with almost every single one. He's, I think he's just struggling to, I was reading about this and, you know, he's definitely one of the more, more independent-y, like, you know, um, non-political apolitical members of the court and i think Mm -hmm. he's struggling to um temper the court itself as chief justice yeah and i think especially after a leak oh yeah yeah (laughs) that was huge unprecedented you know we've never seen actually roe was leaked did you know that in 73 it's like i mean we've seen leaks before but i unprecedented in unprecedented in like recent times i would oh, say yeah, oh yeah like, for sure i've never i've never heard of it actually. yeah no and i think like people were saying that this was but also crazy that roe was leaked i know well. isn't it like yeah full circle moment for real yeah, yeah truly yeah and um but in the sense that like you know it brings up the question of i think for the court itself i think chief justice roberts has a lot on his plate figuring out you know how did a decision so big get leaked get leaked the whole world i for sure um and i also think 
it was a strategic thing to leak that decision. No, I, like, I, it's scary. I actually did want to talk about this. Like this idea of who could have leaked this thing. Like just because once you've put it out there, it it was a draft. So things were still in the works. But from what I gather, usually when uh, the court sits down to write drafts, which we'll they, talk about mm-hmm. in the next episode, it's pretty likely that Probably. by the time that they – write the draft like they know their decision yes but also this idea of like it's being it's out in the public now so it was it was sort of seen as weakness for any of the conservative justices to change their minds just because and also like you know there was a huge huge um there was just a lot of outrage from the left because a lot of people saw it as look our bodily autonomy is being taken away but then obviously if somebody changed their mind there's going to be a lot of outrage from the right saying that this was done in a political move exactly they changed their mind because and that's the whole thing is our court is meant to be apolitical yeah you know nonpartisan. and after this leak i think also like i was wondering would the justices you know would they potentially switch sides after seeing the outrage and I, I, I feel like if they had, though, it would have been seen as just... That's political. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that sure. is doing it based on the sway of the people, and that is not... That is the opposite of how the court is mm-hmm. supposed to decide. So, obviously, that seems counterintuitive, right, to say that the people should not have anything to do with SCOTUS and their decisions. But, like, at the same time, the Supreme Court is engineered to interpret the Constitution. Yes. Um, they're not engineered, or they're not... They were not created to bend to the will of the people. And that is why they're not voted in, right? Yes. You know, they are not here to bend to any political tide that may that may be coming and going. They're not here to represent a president or um, anything like that. And obviously the system does not always succeed, but um, that is how it works. And we're going to mention that in a lot more depth in the next episode for sure. Yes. And we're going to talk about the politicization of the Supreme Court as well, mm-hmm. because as I started this whole tangent by saying, we have been seeing a, I would, and this is a completely unbiased podcast, but I would say this, even if it were six liberal justices, three conservative justices, a six, three split is scary either way. Consistently. Consistently. Uh, Yeah. Just like without, without pause, just because as Pari said, the whole thing of the Supreme Court is an apolitical branch of our federalist country. And I think we have seen the Supreme Court change and just, you know, so rapidly, yeah. um, just because of how that works, you know, they, they, it's a lifetime appointment and a lot of them just stay on there and then they either die or they retire. And then whoever is president nominates another one. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And, and I mean, with going along with that sort of idea that the Supreme court has been changing so fast six years ago with Holmes health, the court reaffirmed um and holden's health was a case regarding a texas law which sort of put restrictions on abortion providers and um, made it more difficult for them to provide abortions and the supreme court said that was um unconstitutional because it put an undue burden on people who were going to get abortions because it restricted their access to get them so that was only six years ago and yeah 2016 Oh, what was I don't know what the like conservative liberal split was. I don't even want to think about it because the Supreme Court should not be a conservative liberal kind of thing. But obviously now today we are seeing a conservative and liberal split that is extremely clear. Um, mm-hmm. What was it then? 
um, then it was a five to three decision, and we saw Justice Alito, Justice Thomas, Justice Roberts dissented in that case, mm-hmm. and Justice Breyer, Sotomayor, Justice Sotomayor, and Justice Justice Kagan were part of the majority in that case. Yeah, so I think at that time we had Justice Kennedy and as also, this. Oh yeah, uh, and, and Ginsburg, R- of course. R- RBG, yeah. Um, but Kennedy at the time um, was our like sort of toss up that yes. now Roberts has taken his place as his, as like the toss up. Like for example, with Obergefell v. Hodge, which legalized gay marriage, Kennedy was the deciding vote, right? The mm-hmm. five four split. He was the last one in there. So we did see at a certain time how the Supreme Court benefited from having those sort of independent people who were sort of always a wild card. But today we're seeing much more predictable SCOTUS, I think. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to talk about more next week, the yes. setup of the Supreme oh, Court. Oh, 25-minute episode. <laughs> Good. Okay. Have fun listening to it. And if you did listen to the end, mm. thank you. And we will see you next week. See you next week. Have a good week. We're going to talk about an intro to SCOTUS next week. Yes. Bye.